2: one Here win we are. from the championship, baby. Boogie Roberts, the USFL's Pittsburgh Maulers.
3: From
0: worst to first.
2: One win away from the title. Congratulations on the semifinal win
0: this weekend, bro. They had Very to win. Nice. They had to win to get in. They won. They won. They've been first that
2: match. way for
3: four weeks. Four and weeks now they're down, a big for
0: underdog that. for the championship. So that Six doesn't bother you, does it? It's okay. Dog. It, ain't no up- <laughs> it
3: ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. Don't
0: worry. It ain't no fun when the
3: rabbit got the gun. It'll be work. fun. So
2: you're playing the Birmingham Stallions, which they've had a great season. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you guys are getting hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. Big offensive production. 31-27 final.
3: Yeah, uh, overtime game. That kind of surprised yeah. me. Yeah, it was a shootout, man. not I had a mix of emotions, up and down, roller coaster. We went up, <laughs> we let them come down, kick a field goal, 27 seconds. It was just highs and lows, but um, we found a way to get it done. And the thing about that win is, in the beginning of the season, we were the worst red zone team. We were getting stopped on the one-yard line, the two-yard line so many times. Yeah. And for us to just keep pushing and need to get a touchdown on the two-yard line to win the game was an amazing feeling, so I'm excited. Yeah. yeah you're going to have to good. have surgery right at the Uh-oh. end of the
0: season. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no but yeah, um,
3: <laughs> uh, I had messed up my knee like two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, but we you played. Yeah, I played, so we'll just get it cleaned Doesn't up. Doesn't hurt. Uh, no, yeah, get it cleaned up after the season. Nothing going to be better than holding up that trophy. So yeah, I good. mean, yeah.
2: you guys have done it before, you know, knowing that they've got a ding or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Just for the championship. A lot of people get stuff
3: cleaned you push up. up. You push yeah. through
4: for so the title. You yeah. got
2: to play hurt, and that's what you're going to do. And congratulations to Boogie and to Pittsburgh. We don't usually root for Pittsburgh teams, but – because it's the USFL, we're going to jump all in on the Maulers. Go ahead,
1: McNuggets. And listen, we love having Boogie here. This is Boogie's last show with this is us it. because afterwards he's going to go pursue whatever's next. Hopefully it's a, a long football career in the NFL, whether it's acting. But if you guys need to see an insight into who Boogie is as a person, we're going to bring you inside the Maulers locker room after Saturday's win for Boogie's postgame season. We speech. have the speech. We have the speech. Let's Steve, see Steve, take tag board. Let's see this Let's play. Thing.
3: I told you at halftime, this wasn't gonna be the last time we broke this m- down. I told you when we came back in here, we was gonna turn up and have a party. and I told him
0: before we walked out of here, I thought I came here to play around with y'all.
2: Well done. Nice. Well done. Firing up the truth. There is a dog in that locker room.
3: I'm just glad my peers trust me and they follow behind me and I can lead the way. So, so what did you told them at halftime you're going to win the game. I just told them at halftime this one because I always speak before we go out and I told them like this won't be the last time we break it down like this means too much to yeah. me, too much to you guys, you know, when we come back in here, let's have a party. Let's have a celebration because we've been through hell and back to get to this point. Yeah, literally from worst to first and uh, we need people to embrace that mentality and that underdog mentality and and here we are records don't mean anything, Absolutely, especially oh, not spe- especially not right here. You know, we've been in the playoffs these last four weeks. So yeah, we're ready.
2: I think that helps you guys too, yeah. knowing that your back was against you've been in a must win for four straight weeks and having that kind of pressure and seeing how you've reacted to it gives you the confidence to know that you can get it done when you absolutely yeah. have to.
3: And we had so many opportunities to fold, especially in this last game, yeah. you know, um, our defense get, was giving up uncharacteristic big plays that we usually don't give up you know they took some shots and, and they connected and usually we don't give those plays up and they went down and scored in three plays and left us with a when we were down four and we had with a minute and forty seconds left and i mean a roller coaster that i was on but to see our offense put together a drive and they've been struggling all year for it to finally connect and gel at the perfect time That's nice um Stallions better watch out. I'll just let you know that. I How love the crowd. That. How was the crowd? They had, uh, it was a very good crowd. You know, yeah. they're expecting a huge crowd um, this week. You know, they had this thing called um, Country Fest or something like that. Yeah, that right. was going on these last two weeks. So, you know, the yeah. the can people are probably tired out and things like that. But yeah. this next week, they're expecting um, a big crowd. We and have and
2: tickets, in fact, for the well, title. Oh, oh let's give them away. Let's
3: right? give them away. Let's give them, away. Giving let's out give them four away.
1: tickets. us give them away. Each hour, every day this week. So eight tickets a show. We're giving away 40 tickets. Can I call in and get some tickets? (laughs) Yeah, of course. We're going to give out four right now, (laughs) We're going to give out four right now. And it's going to be a little different each time, but here's how we're going to do it right now. Two stipulations. We need your email, and you have to be able to get tickets via Ticketmaster. So if you fit those criteria, you could enter. Here's how you're going to do it. In the YouTube chat right now, the fourth person to put the word Boogie in the YouTube chat will get four tickets to the USFL championship game. Whenever y'all start, Anthony and Earl are watching. The fourth person to put Boogie right, in the chat will receive four tickets to the USFL championship the game on Please, Saturday. going
2: to trying to get the tickets.
1: Everybody's <laughs> going <laughs> to
2: wait. He's 30 seconds ahead of everyone else. else. So,
1: Boogie, you better He's play di- He is
2: literally dialing into the chat right now.
1: There you go. <laughs>
0: I think you can get tickets if you need a bug. Well, the stadium right, okay, is, the stadium is gonna need a lot of them, yeah. aren't you? We had a good time when we went a couple of weeks ago. Excellent hot pretzels there. Let's go. I
3: don't know if they're doing a dollar hot dog, dollar pretzel for the championship. You All know right, they're okay. trying to make yeah, their Yeah, I kind
1: of doubt it. And the to- winner is JJ44. Oh, JJ, uh, we're going to send you an email in a sec, and then we will get you hooked up via Ticketmaster with four tickets. We're giving out four more go. in the second hour and thirty-two more the rest of the week. Awesome. so there will be plenty of chances for you so guys. There will be four, to at least tickets. forty UCSS fans
2: at the championship yes. game. Rooting boogie on let's go get this done. Let's get it done.
3: I need some yes, signs. Sir. Some
0: signs. All right, or something. Uh,
2: busy show, guardians. <laughs> One step forward, two steps back. I'm a fan it's now. it's really, I'm beyond really frustrated I know you with are big I saw, picture. I saw your tweet. Yeah. And by the way Every, I think every Cleveland fan shares your frustration. It's very well warranted. There are some head scratchers going on with the organization. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll talk about that. I really yeah. want to, <laughs> get get your, to get your take in on that. Um, also, we're going to have a discussion. This is the first hour because Boogie's here for the first hour. He's got to go after that. Earl's going to take a seat in the second hour. But later in the first hour, it, this is a question. And we want your opinion on this because you guys are, are big participants in this. Is loyalty in sports completely dead? Um, we've got a lot of examples through the years. We've had some recently where team to player, player to team. It's, it's some head-scratching moves. How, how Tom Brady got out of Tampa Bay. Um, and I know that late in a player's career, you know, we saw Joe Montana leave San Francisco for Kansas City. We're going to talk about that. Is loyalty in team sports dead? But we're going to start today with some comments that Gilbert Arenas made on the Cavs' uh, second-round pick, their only pick in the NBA draft, Imani Bates. I think, I think we all on Friday were in agreement that we like the pick. What do you lose? It's the 49th pick overall. Go find a 49th pick overall that has changed lives. Now, there have been second-round picks that have changed lives, for sure. Tony Parker, Joker, clearly has changed lives. But you're talking it with 49. You're talking tail end of the draft. I mean,
0: you're almost impossible.
2: You're a few names yeah. from being an undrafted free agent. That's right. And so, th- there's very, very few instances where someone that late in the draft just Changed a team's life. Gilbert Arenas, though, thinks that this guy could be him. Play the bite.
3: I want to give a shout out to Cleveland Cavaliers. Y'all done got a steal. Got him. Y'all done got a steal.
0: Cleveland. Stand up for real. Who they get? Got that Imani Bates. (laughs) Who they get? Oh, they got Imani. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny. The, re- yeah. the reaction he goes on straight. to say <laughs> that he will
1: be an immediate starter for the Cavs, and he asked, who's are their wings? And he goes, Akuro, who said his name wrong. Osman said his name wrong. Lamar Stevens, he goes, no, Amani Bates is going to be the starter. No, I he's mean, not. It's a,
2: it's a stretch, but at yeah. the same time, remember four years ago, this kid was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and you were thinking that he was certainly going to be a lottery pick. So if the gun charge hadn't happened, and it did, you can't take that out of the mix. Mm-hmm. But if that hadn't happened, <clears throat> I don't know that anybody would be sitting here going, oh, this kid isn't going to start for the Cavs.
0: And it's it's not like, rook, how often does a second-round rookie start for well, the NBA team? You're right. That's very rare, but Look though. at the situation he's coming into. To their point, who the hell is who's going to win that spot? I hear you, but there's proven NFL, NBA veterans. You know, like, they may not be great players, <clears throat> right, but they've been in the league they've had some level of success here this guy the hope to me is in a couple of years he could be a a project for you I think so I mean it wasn't like his game was that great in college there's a re he didn't drop to 49 just because of the gun charge
4: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. No, I think that's,
2: that's fair. I mean, but, but transferring didn't help him. Um, some issues here and there didn't help him. A lot of teams interviewed him, I'm told. And so they must not have. But
0: also, a lot of teams didn't even have him on the board. Sure, some
2: some some yeah. had him on there. Let's not even look at this. Right. Game. And and that's that's the list you never want to be on. Yeah. But
1: I, I think Mikey, you want you want to get in here with something. Yeah. So this actually, this whole topic, and we're gonna get into it, stemmed from something G. Bush had told us last week, and then Gilbert doubled down that he thinks Bates could be a starter and an mm-hmm. immediate impact player for the Cavaliers this season. So we went on YouTube into our members only post and we asked the the members here whenever we do that it's brought to us by PCC Airfoils. I want to read their answers because it led to this topic. But if you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wickliffe and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up plus full benefit packages, paid time off and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com. Slash careers to learn more. So G said he could be a starter and an immediate contributor. So I went out to our YouTube poll, our communities only tab, and said, hey guys, what do you think is a realistic expectation for Imani Bates as a rookie? And I'm just going to read a couple answers real quick because they were all in line with what G thought <laughs> and what Earl thought when I asked him this weekend. Earl said if he gets 10 points per game, that'd be great. Love Musel 2163 said 10.6 rebounds, 42% field goal percentage. Uh- MG twenty two eleven said nine points three rebounds forty three percent field goal percentage and killer shot said nine re- uh, nine points four rebounds forty percent from three so those don't seem crazy when you look at them on paper but that I doesn't back. that doesn't well just seem in great. paper in theory nine points four rebounds that's well, not like problem a game had, so he
2: shot thirty nine percent in the MAC and he's going to shoot forty
1: two percent in the NBA well let me that that just sparks in my head. I said okay let me go do a little research and see how many second round picks ever put up numbers like that right. so let's run through the last seven draft in their rookie year as a rookie correct? yeah right and let's see how many guys to answer the question of can he make an immediate impact will he make an immediate impact let's see if the historical data says it's possible it's unlikely and, it's and realistic. what did you look at the, the
2: last eight years second I went round back
1: to 2017 Okay, so the last so eight
2: draft, eight well, drafts,
1: seven that have played, seven that have played exactly. So okay, so you're talking about 210 players, players. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, give or take. So let's start with this though. Here are the last five, 49th overall picks. Okay, you had last year Isaiah Mobley in Cleveland, non-contributor. Marcus Zagorowski has never played a minute in the NBA. I, I didn't even know he was in the NBA. Isaiah Joe an is a 11th, 12th guy in Philadelphia. He's had a couple good games mm-hmm. in the NBA at the end of season when One, it's garbage two. time. Quindary Weatherspoon and Chumize Metu both went to San Antonio. Neither has ever done anything in their careers. So just look at the last five 49th picks. It's hard to have high expectations based on that. Now, this is not a knock on money. This is just looking at historical data to see maybe what we can expect. So let's start with last year's second-round draft class. Steve, you take the next graphic here. I went through, and I think there was two impact rookies from – this class. Do you guys know who's in that picture? Do you know who that's a picture of? No. That is Andrew Nebhart. He's the only rookie drafted in the second round last year that played over 1,000 minutes. Wow. I actually
0: had him on my fantasy team briefly.
1: Now, you may think a 1,000 minutes. Oh, that's a lot of minutes. He ranked 148th oh, in total minutes in the NBA right. last year. So, yeah. it's really not a lot of minutes. It, it is. He averaged 24 minutes a game. So, one rookie from last year's second round draft class averaged over 20-something minutes a game. Zero averaged ten points per game. Only four averaged more than five points a game. Ten did not play a single minute in the NBA in their rookie season. So out of so that's a picks, third
2: of the draft class last year in the second never, round never never made their NBA do.
1: Correct. And there was two guys. The other guy who was an impact player, in my opinion, was uh, Jaden Hardy or Jalen Hardy. Excuse me, in Dallas, he didn't play till the second half of the season. He was uh, he averaged seven points a game. A guy off the bench scored, but. It's not like he made a, a giant impact. He, he sure. played; he only played 40 games. Uh, let's go back to the year before, 2021. Also, only two impact players. Herb Jones in New Orleans and Ayu Desmuno. Uh, I always say his last name, Ron. Desmuno in Chicago. He played at Illinois with Coach. looks like a, uh, a picture Goughburn.
2: from a pickup game at the YMCA.
1: That is Herb Jones, who's a really good defensive player, not an offensive player. No one in that class averaged 10 points as a rookie. No one currently in their careers wow. through two seasons averages 10 points. Only four players... In two seasons, have broken into a real rotation. Five second-round picks from 2021 have not made their debut. So in two seasons, Jeez. a sixth of the picks in that class still have haven't touched through. the NBA floor. Still have not touched the floor. Correct. Let's go back to 2020. Wow, Mike, how long did this take you? You you must have. I spent a good amount of time. Yeah. There, but there's a, there's a real. Kudos trend. to you. It's it's great information. There's a real trend you'll see oh, as you get I've further, already seen it. further and further back. There's, At, there's a real. In trend other words, here. it's
0: laughable to think this guy's going to average 10 <laughs> points a game.
1: As a, we'll well, get there. Yeah, as a rookie. It's
2: implausible for sure. I, I, I'm curious to see when you go back a year, have some of
1: these guys blossomed or are they just washed out of the That's league? That's what we're going to find out here as we keep going through. Let's go to 2020, Steve. There were four – or three, excuse me, impact players in this class. You had Kenyon Martin Jr., Xavier Tillman, mm-hmm. and Theo Maladon of Oklahoma City. Okay. None of those are stars. No, but but three but they, guys who are solid rotation right. pieces. Only one guy in this class currently averages more than 10 points a game for his career. And more than 20 minutes. That's both Kenny Martin Jr. He plays for a terrible Houston team. Right. He gets those stats and those minutes because... Someone's got to get and w- exactly. wasn't,
0: yep. he a high, wasn't he a high second-round pick? Yeah, he's a third pick of the second yeah, round. Yeah, see, pick. I think the
2: distinction here... Yeah. You can make a real line of delineation halfway through the second round. There are guys that are taken in those first 15 picks, which would be 45 overall and up, <clears throat> 45 to 31. There are guys that you will find in that that category that will be contributors but that second half of the second round
0: you're it's almost anonymity especially part of the reason part of the reason is it's a later pick but also part of it is most of the guys drafted in the first 10 15 picks in the second round drafted to bad teams sure so they're also more likely to get an opportunity the last 10
2: so the, the last 10 have what losing records missed the playoffs um they, usually in rebuilds in today's usually day and age of right NBA. yeah they need help for sure. Those are the first ten picks of the second round. Right. Yes. The last ten picks of the second round are your winner, your final eight teams. Yeah, that's right. You're not making those that guys are team. are playing. As a late second round pick, you are just not. And making a lot that of those team.
1: picks are draft and stashed European guys who never make it. Exactly. And that happens. But here's where here's where it starts to trend and a little different. Here's where I saw the first change. Let's go to 2019. There were seven impact players in the draft in the second round of this class.
0: You are using the word impact loosely, though, Mike.
1: And loosely, yeah. And that's I mean, if they, if they didn't have 10 points a game, how impactful could they have been? Well, like Nick Claxton averaging. A piece but off the bench. Before the, we're like comparing piece,
3: for like a, the rookie year, though, right? Yeah, yeah, When yeah. he says impactful, I think he's saying just for. No, no, as no a, I'm as saying rookie, now have right? developed he's saying, into, he's
1: saying at this point. Four years out. Yeah, at this point from 2019, there are seven guys from the second round who oh. have become impactful players oh, so uh, imp- oh i see
3: he's impactful now and i'm willing impactful to bet now. that those oh, right. seven
2: impact players from 19 were all taken 31 to 45.
1: i'd have to double i know you'd check have to that. double check no like- da- uh, jalen mcdaniels was the 53rd pick and he's wow. on this but okay he's a these good are guys player. like nick claxton cody martin bowl Bull, Bull taylon horton tucker Terrence mann who does play for the clippers in their rotation jalen mcdaniels who was just traded to the 76ers uh, all those guys those are, all are solid, solid, solid pieces. pieces. Mike, yeah.
0: All those guys are solid. Those guys zero average 10 points per game for their careers, careers. period, careers. or just yep. like careers for a single season. So, none of these guys in all these years did any of them what was the most any of them averaged in their rookie year points <gasps> per game?
1: I'd have to go back here. Give me one second. Pull You it think
0: up. I don't think any of these guys averaged 10 points per game in their rookie
1: year, did they? No, and none of them currently average 10 points per game so for their entire NBA there's career. There's no
0: – the odds that this guy – so for eight years, not a single guy has averaged 10 points per game as a rookie drafted in the second round. We're, we're getting there, Bull. Don't we're, worry. We're, any are guys,
3: any, any of these guys supposed to be scorers like Imani? I'm sure they like were. Imani.
1: Well, Amani Ima, Bates is supposed to be a scorer. But, but I know is, he is, but I'm in. It's around was. him, though. Like,
2: I, I know he went 49, but – it was it was due to some circumstances.
3: None of them were number one coming you know, out of out of high school. No, none of, none of them were among Bates'
2: two-time that national high school
0: it, player well, of the I, year. To me, that it just that doesn't, doesn't mean, mean anything, anything at this okay. point. Okay. Well, it, I mean, it he happened. He wouldn't have gone the f- if if they were wrong coming out of high school. They got it wrong about him. But he well, went to Memphis. He went to a good a good basketball. I school. hear you, but obviously he showed you nothing in college. Nobody drops the forty-nine just based on a gun charge. Nobody drops that low yeah, based on for, a gun no, charge. No two
1: things real quick for context. Brandon Miller, who just went second. Was involved, he's not charged with anything, but was involved in a literal murder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. And, 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 and They didn't care because he's a great player. I got two more things to show you guys, Then I'm going to give you my conclusion, and I'll pass it back. You guys take it. 2018, we got our first star. You have to go all the way back to 2018 to find a star in the second round. That's Jalen Brunson, who did not average 10 points per game as a rookie, is now an all-NBA caliber performer. There's other seven other guys from that (laughs) class who turned out to be very solid NBA players. You have Mitchell Robinson, Devontae Graham, Bruce Brown, DeAnthony Melton, Shake Milton, Jared Vanderbilt, and Gary Trent Jr. Three players in that class. For their careers now average more than 10 points per game yeah. eight average 20 minutes meaning they've turned into rotational players three never made their debut you mentioned rookies averaging 10 points per game that were drafted in the second round steve take the next one going back to 2016 only three rookies drafted in the second round have ever averaged more than 10 points again that was eric paschel in in 2019 he averaged 14 malcolm brogdon the year he won rookie of the year averaged 10.3 and theo maladon averaged 10.2 in 2020 that's it over I mean, 240 imi- yeah. players, three second-round picks so, going back to 2015 of average 20. So, in conclusion, yes, take it, Steve. Second-round NBA draft picks have a low hit rate, take time to develop, so be patient with right. Bates. It is unrealistic, based on the last eight years of data, to think he can come in and contribute immediately. Could it happen?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. The, the Absolutely. odds of him averaging— But the averaging, odds do
1: not stack up in his favor. The odds of him averaging—
0: Ten po- Sorry, Mike. The odds of him averaging ten points a game as a rookie—I mean, maybe three, four years ago, three, four years from now, he'll become a good player. Right. But I'm- the average, the odds of him being uh, uh, averaging ten points a game as a rookie has to be like ten thousand to one. Maybe it's be greater ex- than it's that. It's it's a long
2: shot. I don't know yeah. if I'd say ten thousand one. If you give me 10,001 odds, I'll, I'll say he's going to do it because it's a flyer. But here's my sure. Here's here's the thing mm-hmm. about a bull, yeah. and I'm with you, but I I don't I. I think if they get six points a game out of this guy.
0: That's great. It's a win. Oh, totally. Because I think the question
2: on on our rundown this morning was, what are your realistic expectations? I think that is realistic. And here's why. In this lineup, he is what they need.
0: Would you agree? I mean, there's some potential there. Well, if you
2: look at, like, what he is, like, who is he? If If you talk about the player that he is, it does fit
0: the definition of the player they need. They need a wing. Right. But we don't know if he's good enough to be a wing in the no, NBA. We don't know. But yes, if they he's need a he's wing. He's the guy. Yes, right. But what we know they is. his position. What
2: his definition of a player is. Right. Like, if you, if you, if I were to tell you, Bull, in a vacuum. Yeah. Please put that back up, Steve. I got to, I, I want to play off that. Yeah. If I were to tell you in a vacuum, minus the name. Right. We're going to scrub the name. I'm going to tell you that the Cavaliers And I'm not going to tell you that they drafted for him or they traded for him or how they got him. But the the Cavaliers' lone pickup on draft night is a 6'9", 190-pound wing who is a two-time high school national player of the year, a former number one high school recruit. What would you say?
0: Sounds good. I'd be excited. Sounds about good. It. And that's yeah. why I'm,
2: I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, 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 I'm i with you. He's not going to average 10 a game. Yeah. But I do think that what he has, what he brings is what this team needs. Now, can he step up and fill that bill? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? You're a big basketball fan. Um. It's a, it's a risk, it's, but a low risk and a high reward.
3: Low risk, high reward. I would say if he comes in and like you said, he's a player that the Cavaliers need and he can hit that hit open shots and spread the floor and give D. Mitch more room. Who's to say he doesn't start to steal minutes from some of those other guys. And that's when that 10 points per game opportunity starts to arise. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it a little bit of time. I just don't want cast fans to all the stuff you name is the reason why I think cast fans are gonna have too high of expectations too fast and not give them the chance to develop and expect yeah. instant yeah results. don't expect yeah, should no there, there should be no expectation there should be no expectation but I know because, this fan this yeah. fan base and and they're they're, they're, they're eager right now yeah. and they're hungry They're on the edge of their seats <laughs> yeah. for anything any right. little excitement look how excited we're getting over a 49th overall pick so I know right. the expectations are going to be high yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. but you oh, learned this yeah, fan base yeah, I've learned well them short I see how of time. they turn on people and I see how excited they get when they're they're
0: rabbit By the way, forget 10 points a game. If he averages 10 minutes a game, that's a win. I would say that's a win. If he averages 10 minutes, forget the points. But here's the thing, Bull. I I think he's going
2: to get real opportunity.
3: Who minutes do you think he steals?
2: Well, I think it's going to be a combination. I I still don't think they have their step-up wing. I I don't. I mean, we keep saying. We saw stretches last year where it was this one or that one. We're like, hey, he's turned the corner.
0: Bullshit. No, no, no.
2: (laughs) Nobody turned the corner. No. Some, uh, no, this opportunity. They had a stretch of nice games. Yeah, But, I mean, Okoro is not that guy. He's not going to be the guy that answers all these questions. No. He's proven that.
0: There's an opportunity for him because they don't have a great guy at that spot. And that's basketball.
2: why I think he, he'll get right. minutes. But he'll get an very,
0: opportunity early. Clearly, he's very immature, has a lot of growing up to do. If he can do that, he'll get it. JB's not going to play him. They're a team that is, you know, we may not care, at least I may not care about the regular season next year. If they don't make any significant changes, the regular season means nothing to me. See, right. I'll see you in the playoffs. Sure. But he does, and he's not going to play this guy if he doesn't think he's ready to play in an NBA game.
1: Yeah. Earl wants to hop in here. What's up, Go Earl? ahead. All right, so this was the uh, text exchange between me
3: and Mike. This is what I said. I said the first goal should just be making a roster. If he plays 10 minutes a game and scores 10 a game, that's going above expectations. I see his potential, but I'm cautiously optimistic. To me, I feel like there's an opportunity for him to get real playing time simply yeah. because, even though he's immature, he's already there. There's things that he can do that Isaac Okoro, Teddy Osman, Dean Wade, and Lamar Stevens just can't do.
0: But you don't, Facts. but we don't know that he can do any of those things in the NBA, Earl. We, we don't know. We don't know he's that. He's so raw. I mean, he's playing in a low. The court. He's playing in the MAC. He was just playing in the MAC. To be to think he's going to get significant minutes. On a team that finished in the top four in the East, we may be down on them because of how the playoffs went. They still finished fourth in the East. The idea that this—what what is he? Nineteen, twenty? Nineteen, I think. Some nineteen-year-old kid drafted 49th who was playing in the MAC last year, who's been in trouble off the court, is all of a sudden going to play a lot of minutes. I don't see it. Let me, let me, Maybe let me, second half let of me, the you year. You don't like the Mac? Into the mix that boogie. And I, I I'm really down too. with the Mac. But you don't like the that's Mac. A, that's a big step from the Mac it, to the NBA. Is. But well, a lot of players is, have but to Antonio take big, Daniels, a lot of players know, have a- to take Antonio Daniels had a great N- NBA career. We, but again, a lot of guys I'm not the saying he have had- won't have a good career at some point. Right. I'm saying to
2: expect too much as a rookie is crazy. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, but I will say this, and I want you to weigh in on this. I want everybody here on this panel and, and, and everybody watching, close your eyes and reimagine your 19-year-old body.
1: Hmm.
0: Mm, I wish.
2: For content. <laughs> <laughs> Bull, you're funny. Uh, For context, I'm 195 pounds right now. At 19, I was 160 pounds. Well, that's not a huge difference. No, but I mean, if, if I were to show you a picture of myself <laughs> at 19, I was a tall McNuggets. I, I, that, that's what I looked like. Um, this kid has clearly hasn't grown into his man body. His biceps look like the size of someone's... I mean his biceps i'm afraid for him like the nba can be a physical game at his at his size and position and he's
0: gonna get bullied i mean big time
2: well i think physically you're right but i i also think it's realistic to expect as he develops into his man body and gets chestier and more upper body who knows we don't know what a 19 year old develops to at 22 everybody's different everybody Sure.
3: sure When it, so when it comes to conferences, I will give you that. Yeah. As a, him going to the max, as opposed to SCC school or an ACC yeah. school, the training regimen and the things that these players have available to them is so different. It is. So right. now he's going to the best of the best, and I know I'm sure he knows he needs to to get in the weight room and get stronger if he wants to contend and be able to play at an NBA level.
2: Yeah, I think I think realistically, I know that the 10 points per game yeah. is not even optimistic. It is wildly optimistic. Right. Plausible but highly doubtful. Yeah. Um I think if we set this kids real realistic expectations between 6 to 10 minutes and 4 to 6 points per game. Cuz he win. might have
0: games where you don't even see him. Right. You especially know, especially early in the season. I can't imagine him playing much early. I can't I, either. But but if he averages 6 to 10 minutes and 4 to 6 points to me that's a win. Out of the 49 pick that's Mikey, a win.
2: When does the summer league start? Next month. In July. Yeah. Yeah, what, early July. So it's we're maybe a week or two away yeah. from the start of the summer league.
1: I'll tell I, you the first summer league game once Normally,
2: set. I flush the summer league. I don't even think about it. Right. I don't care about it. I don't want to watch it. Don't tell me that someone's averaging 35
0: points a right. game in the summer league. But you want to see this guy. July, but I want to see him. July
1: 7th. Is the first Cavalier summer July league July seventh? Okay, two weeks away. Friday night uh, against Brooklyn. That's okay, less than that's two weeks. Eleven days
3: away. So if yeah. he has an amazing summer league. Will you change your expectations? Yes. What, what if you I go? Would, not. But, but it's got, still. It's, will you give him any more he minutes? He said twice?
2: amazing ball. So here's what amazing would be. He wins
3: summer be. league MVP. Amazing the best to me. F-
2: that's so. That's what amazing to yeah. me would be. Yeah. The yeah. Cavs man. win the title. He averages twenty-five points per game. He proves that he can play with all of these. With his. These are his.
3: Do the best yeah. rookies
2: the play some, there? Um, often, no. Right? The, the top rookies, top will rookies not don't play. No, no. Right? All
1: the rookies, they do. No, Has there been a case
2: where in the summer league that like the number one, number two, number three picks said, "No, I'm not going"?
1: No, they typically play unless they're hurt. <laughs> they? Wem- okay. Wem- what would you Wem- say Bates, the
0: percentage chances of Amani Bates being the MVP of the summer league?
1: Uh, to be honest with you, he has the game that translates okay. to Summer League because no one plays defense in Summer League. Yeah. So there's a chance if he catches fire for a couple weeks or a couple days, there's a, there's a chance that he has the skill set and the shot-making ability at 6'9 against a lot of guys who don't have that size. Think about it. Summer League has first two-round picks, guys who want to come back, who were rookies last year, right. and a bunch of guys dying to make a G League roster. Sure. So talent-wise, he should be one of the more talented guys in yeah. the Summer League. I
2: think we'll learn something. I'm not going to yeah. change my yeah. overall point on the horizon for him. I'm not going to say if he is the MVP that now I expect him to average 12 a game and, and be a major contributor. Yeah. But I think if he, if he performs on the higher end and is, is, in You'll the be more 18 to 20 yeah. point per game range, I, you know, it, it will certainly, it will add to the intrigue and my mm-hmm. interest in him. Yeah.
3: Maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid because I think I'm kind of high on him just because I know there's talent there Yeah. and situations matter and circumstances matter and. Unfortunately, he made a mistake and then he transferred and then his teammates might have been as good as he would have played with at Memphis, which would increase his value. So a lot of things go in go into it. So yeah. I'm excited to see him. You yeah. know, I'm just glad he's getting the opportunity. He didn't ruin his life. He has the amends the to to make things better right now on this road to, to glory. So I'm excited to see what he, what he can do.
0: I don't think any of us think he's got no chance. I think he's got a chance long term, right? To, You're there, saying right for, now just, for a 49th pick Usually I wouldn't care at all. I wouldn't either. There's there's enough there that you think, hey, if this guy grows up, does the right things, works his ass off, there's potential that he, he could hit. be a player. Yeah. But but as a rookie, you just can't expect. On
2: it. the grows up yeah. point, yeah. Um, Boogie, and I think we'll move off after this question. Yeah. You played with guys in college mm-hmm. that at 19 years old were where he is. A lot of talent, a lot of potential, but had some issues in the past, maybe gun issues, whatever. Of the players that you've seen in your career come through at 19 years old and have that mix, what's the percentage of them that got it together and what are the percentages of them that just never saw the light and lost this opportunity?
3: I would say 40% got it together, 60% lost it. Okay, Um, and that's depending on a lot of things. Some people aren't given that second opportunity based on on talent. because a lot of people um, there's a saying, you know, talent will keep you around as long as your production matches it. Mm -hmm. The moment your production doesn't match the character and the problems you're bringing to a team. You're gone. So I've seen the 40% of guys who are super talented coaches keep them around because coaches want to keep their jobs and university wants to win games and the other 60 who might have had talent, but didn't unlock it yet. Didn't get that opportunity because coaches just washed their hands with them, or the thing, the mistake they made were too big. So I would go 40-60.
0: Okay. Don't you think the people they surround themselves with play oh, a big factor I, in that, uh, too? That's like, a good point. If you're like, hey, I got to find a mentor, absolutely. or I got to, like, I'm going to go, I'm, if he goes to the Cavs and says, I'm going to go hang with Jared Allen. That's yeah, my absolutely. new guy now. I'm going to just hang with him every the day. The Cavs would be Or fortunate. whoever. You know, I'm going to hang with Jetty, or I'm going to hang with whoever is going to be a good influence. You know,
2: I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Because in that vein... The Cavs might be the
0: best place for this kid. Right. For all the our complaints about them being soft, which they need to work on. Right. They're character guys. It's a high-character uh, team. Jason said, you know, when he
2: travels with this team, they're all reading books this thick. <laughs> right. But they're th- not going to the club. They're staying in their yeah. room and finishing their books so they can start their next yeah. one. That's the kind
0: he of needs, guys you want. He needs a little nerd time, <laughs> like he does. <laughs> they, I mean, he they, does need some nerd time. They, they, nerd they have time. a good, That'd be
3: good, a good group of guys over yeah. there, and you can say that if they weren't playing basketball and they were just in other professions, they're just good guys. Yeah. No matter what, no matter, what, prof- succeed. No matter right. what profession you put guys that are on the Cavs roster in. They're, they're going to be good, so yeah, that, that's a good, that point. Goes, it's a good situation a good for him point. to go into.
0: By the way, before real quick before we move on to the next topic, have you guys, especially you, Jay, because you played it, um, have, you, have you watched any of the college baseball world series? I have.
2: It's been unbelievable. Oh, yes. You, you it's
0: know, been one of the best that I can remember. I've watched more of it this year than I think I ever have. It's been compelling baseball. Yesterday's game, though, was crazy. It was unbelievable. Like 24-4. <laughs> unbelievable. But, uh, man, there, there is some high – that LSU team, I mean, Florida yesterday had the day, But they're, both these teams, Yeah, yeah. we'll just talk about it for a minute. How about but, the
2: 17 strikeout performance on? Yeah,
0: by their number two starter. their number two well, starter. Because their top starter, Skeens, is going to be the first pick in the draft or the second pick in the draft. Whatever. But uh, the LSU. I think that's a record, isn't it, for the College World yes. Series? Yes. LSU, man, their whole lineup, those guys are massive. Huge. That one third baseman with the home run. That's the bell- only a uh, sophomore. No, that's the That's the senior. That's the senior. But The, the second bombs. baseman's got, like, the Justin Turner hair. And yes. he's only He looks like he's 30. I know. And he's only a sophomore. It's I know. It's crazy. SEC
1: baseball is, like, double-A, AA, triple-A baseball. Well, we're seeing it now. I mean,
2: we're seeing that with Florida and LSU. Yeah, the, hot,
0: the top picks that come out of college now, they could be in the big leagues in a year or two. It's yeah. happening. We're it's seeing not- a, there's already been a few guys from the 21 draft that are in the big leagues, like three or four guys. Crazy. Yeah.
2: All right, we're going to talk about the Guardians um, in just a little bit. And you'll want to uh, pop some popcorn? Because bull's going to put on a show, mm. uh, I promise you that. If your rant lives up to your tweets, yeah, you're gonna. It's going to be. Um, it, and listen, I can't disagree with anything you said. Wow, wow. I mean, I yeah. can't.
0: Well, I, you I, and I agree on the guardians more than anything else. I think. In I think you're right. We do. You know. Um, uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um. In the
2: meantime, uh, this, this is a fantastic topic that you, we were going to have in the show Friday. Loyalty in sports <laughs> does it does it even exist? Um. <laughs> And there are a million examples. Uh, I know, McNuggets, you put some in, you know, Marcus Smart, trade, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell for that matter. This was a playoff team dismantled. Now, from the player to the team, everybody's questioning, well, is Mitchell committed to the Cavs? He's talking about wants to go home to his, uh, his hometown New York Knicks. There's a lot of speculation about that. Tom Brady was, you know could have ran for mayor of Boston or senator of Massachusetts and won. Now I'm not sure if they even let him back in the state. He decided he was going to go to Tampa Bay. One example that – I'm glad you put this on the list because this one was one that Browns fans can relate to. The Browns released Joe Hayden, clearly had a lot of football left. Huge They, mistake. they missed on that big time. Yeah, I And I, I was upset when I saw it, but <clears throat> I, it made sense later. And I talked to Joe about this, and I understand his logic. When Joe Hayden was cut by the Browns, where did he go? He went to the Steelers. Could have gone somewhere else, went to the Steelers. So is loyalty in sports, professional sports in particular, and we're starting to see in college sports too, but is loyalty in pro sports dead?
3: I would say it's a case-by-case basis. It's just not cut and dry, yes and no. Um, In some cases, you know, I feel like it's the media's fault. We put so much pressures on these guys with this ring culture and you didn't have a great career if you didn't win a ring. So it puts especially in basketball, especially in yeah. basketball. Yeah. So, it puts, so you better go add one. Yeah. So it resume. puts pressure on players that I'm not winning a ring here. They won't view me as a top yada yada player. Let me jump to another team that may have a, a star over there, but then I get a ring and now I'm, I'm content. Everything is right. good as opposed to guys like Kobe, he was just going to stick it out. But even in Kobe's cases, he was upset at one point. I know yeah, you're at ESPN at when point. he, wanted, yeah. he yeah. wanted to go when, when they weren't winning. So I will say it's, it's a case-by-case case basis, because look at Damian Litter. You know, we're getting on him now at this one, how the narrative has kind of changed. At first, we praised him. For thing he's Lord of Portland he wants to win right and now is damn a top 75 player because he doesn't have a championship sure so
0: it's kind of which one is we it? did the same to Russell yeah. Westbrook it, with it, OKC yeah, I'll give we- you an example right here yeah. there was not in Cleveland but there were some people across the country saying well why did Joe Thomas not want to go play yeah. with Peyton Manning for a Super Bowl true why did he stay in Cleveland yeah so you're damned either way yeah. right hmm. uh, you made a great point usually when people blame the media I roll my eyes yeah I do think the media plays a role in the NBA no doubt yeah because if you don't, like right now, James Harden, you're a loser. Yeah, yeah. You don't you're have that you're a loser. Yeah, You don't have a championship. Yeah. And right, you know who's going to get crushed right now is Embiid, right? Embiid. Yeah, sure. Because Giannis won his MVP and then won a championship. Jokic won a, two MVPs, won his championship. Embiid won an MVP. Yeah. Now he's got to win a championship. So there is a lot of that pressure there. But I, I, I wouldn't say it's dead. I would say it's dying, yeah. right? Because there, I, I think Jose Ramirez signing with Cleveland. That was loyal. That was my example. He yeah. showed great loyalty. You know, he could have made easily a hundred million more, if not more, sure. on the open market. Yeah. So he showed some loyalty there. Um, there's no doubt. Why else would he have done it? I mean, right. but it, it's it's few and the teams show almost no loyalty to players. I feel like as fans, we are more critical of the players. I agree with that. Not showing loyalty totally than we are agree. the teams. We
2: don't hold the teams responsible enough. Yeah. No, it, but but we'll blame the player all day. All long. The time. Albert yeah. Bell can't come back to Cleveland. When they, when they put him in the Hall of Fame, he yeah. wasn't there. Yeah. Because he was afraid of the reaction he was going to get because he was the one that decided he was going to leave. Right. But in truth, him leaving was precipitated by the team saying,
0: we're not going to pay you. Right. But fans forget about that. Yeah. It, it's, it's it's strange that way it works. Where everybody yeah. Fans were mad at Tomey, right? You brought him back. Sure. those But but you were mad at Tommy. Uh You know, the, it's a little different with when, when LeBron left. That wasn't about money. That was just he wanted to go somewhere else. But – Ultimately, there's very little loyalty in sports. It's big business. It's big business for the players. It's big business for the owners. And that's why I say as a fan, you don't owe your – like when you're a fan of a team, it's in your DNA, right? It's in your blood. You can't just stop. If you're mad at the Browns or I'm screaming about the guard, you can't just stop rooting for the team. It's in your DNA. However, you don't owe the team paying money for tickets and all that stuff. And that's the stuff you can pull back on if you feel like the team is not committed to you as a fan or the team to yeah,
2: winning. Yeah, you went <laughs> – this is crazy, but yeah. you went exactly where I was going. Oh. So, I, I had it a step further. You say it's you say it's not dead, it, but
3: it's – I it's, had it's, one it's, counterpoint to that. Go ahead. Yeah. I will say it's dying more – it's basically dead in football and it's dying in basketball. Right. Yeah. It's feel, dying in basketball, basketball because – The team has more power and get to give the player more money and more incentive to stay. They can offer more guarantee money, right? Rather than them hitting the market and going to another team. And many of them still hit the market. As opposed to football, the advancement of the game and how good these guys are early. These rookies are so good coming in that teams are hesitant to play vets when they can let them go and just feel like they can draft the player at certain positions, right? And plug and and play. That is an interesting. So I would say it's dead in football because. Guys know that they can get replaced with rookies quicker, so they want to get their money, and that if that's, causes for them to leave. yeah. And the life, the lifespan of a football player is much shorter than it is as a basketball yeah, player. That's it's true. A, you know, that's a great distinction. So yeah. I'm just going to go get my money, whoever's offering it, because I don't know how much longer yeah. I have to play, and it's not guaranteed great point. as just, opposed to basketball. Just by the basketball. setup and yep. the nature
2: of the sport, yeah, so. your
3: career length is yep. far less. So
2: obviously players are trying to get the yep. money while they can when they're in that window. Yep. So that's a great point. I, I was going to say, not that it's dying. I think it's on life support. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. going to generalize here because I think you can make a case for each different sport that it's in a different spot. But in general, there is very little loyalty team to player, and there is very little loyalty player to team. Exceptions, of course, you mentioned Ramirez could have yeah. made 90 to 150 million with some of the estimates that he left on the table. Right. Why? I like it here. I feel comfortable here. Yeah. Joe Thomas. I mean, if I'm Cleveland or if I'm a Cleveland GM, Jose Ramirez and Joe Thomas are my text cases for how I try to get players to stay here. You know what I tell both of them? They're both Hall of Fame. I mean, I think Jose Ramirez is on a Hall of Fame
0: track. Yeah, sure.
2: Clearly, Joe goes in in, in uh, next month or late this month, late in July. I, I think what you tell them is Cleveland gets a bad rap nationally. But we had an overall number one pick come here and, and tell the best player in football at the time who was recruiting him to come with him to win a Super Bowl, no, I'm going to stay in Cleveland. I owe it to them. They've been great to me. Right.
0: And it's not like and Joe was from here. No, originally. he was from right. Wisconsin. I right. mean,
2: mid- Midwest sensibilities. Right, but, but still. And then with Jose Ramirez, even far different. You know, he comes from a foreign country. He's Cleveland, Ohio meant nothing to him growing up. That's he correct. didn't even know where yeah. it was on the map. He likes it so much here that he sacrificed perhaps nine figures to oh, stay yeah. here in Cleveland. Yeah. So I think the selling points are there, but you're still going to see players Bieber. You know, if you if he wanted to, Shane Bieber could go to the Guardians right now and say, "You know what? I want to stay. Let's do a deal. Give me your best number. What is it? Let's negotiate." He doesn't want that. Right. He wants to get the most amount of money that he can, so he's going to leave. So I think the loyalty, but there is still loyalty in sports, and you touched on it. The loyalty in sports is fan to team. And I won't oh, even ooh, say fan the right. oh to my God. player. no, Because it's not. We've learned we got to root for this.
3: Yeah, you took the words now, right out of my it mouth. It
2: used to be we used for this because that never changes. Well, that changed, <laughs> and it cost them some fans. Yeah. But in general, in general, the loyalty in sports is one-sided. It's from the fan to to the team. And that team can pour acid on us. They can kick us in the groin. They can sucker punch us in the face. They can leave us at the altar. They can physically and emotionally abuse us. All of these, obviously, are characterizations. But at the end of the day, always remember this, that Cleveland fans threw a parade when the Browns went 0-16. That is some kind of sick blind loyalty. And, and look, I'm not speaking, I, I, I own it too. I think a, a person with real sensibilities knows that, you know, the baby analogy is you put your hand on the oven uh, stove a couple times and that's the last time you do that because you get burned and you don't go back. Our hands are scar tissue. There's we no just skin
0: left. We, there's nothing <laughs> left.
2: We got, we just, we're just all burned scar tissue. Right. We keep coming back and say, thank you, sir, may I have another?
0: Not only do we come back, but there's a percentage of our fan base that if we're critical of the team, they'll get mad at us. Which is the part of our (laughs) fan base that I'll never understand, If we say, If we speak what we think is our
2: truth, we're haters. We want the Browns to lose. Um, Fact, no matter how much I want the Browns to win, it hasn't worked yet. It doesn't impact what they do on the field. Nope. When we're critical, understand that it's coming from a good place. When we're critical, we're trying to point out things that we see are deficiencies. Why? We hope the team hears the collective voice and makes the appropriate changes. But it's that 25% of our fan base that voted Haslam as the best owner in Cleveland. (laughs) Bull, that will forever trip me out. I don't think you were here that day. We did a YouTube poll. Yeah. And 50% of Cleveland fans said that Gilbert is the best owner. Well, I can understand that. He's spent the most money. He's won a championship. right? Despite the fact that the Indians and Guardians are playoff staples, went to the seventh game of the World Series and lost twice in the last 30 years in extra innings both times. And it consistently is near the top of its division. Dolan got the same amount of votes as Haslam got, hmm. who's played in two playoff games and won one
0: and gave us an 0-16 and 0-15. And and yeah. They both got 25% of the yeah. vote. And I got a beef with Dolan, but to, to say that Jimmy Haslam's better older than Dolan is insane. And that's the that's part that, So what? Yeah. that brings me to my loyalty point. We've got
2: 25% of the Cleveland sports fans that will argue that the football owner is the best owner in town. That is blind loyalty. And by the way, because that fan base is so strong, we can never hold his feet to the fire. Because you know what he it's says hard. in his yeah, office right. when he laughs? See you in September. Right. You're coming back. By the way,
0: that 25% is picking the Browns to go 13-4 and four this year. 1,000%. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And probably a fraction of those are picking them to win the Super Bowl. Yes,
3: to your point Jay about it being one sided. That's so true because look at look at Marcus Smart situation. Yeah, a guy that gave us all and in bled green and white. There's been times teams trade guys when they're on the bench teams trade guys when they're warming up teams send guys home so they can find the best offer available to make the team better. And then they hide as saying, we're just trying to make the team better and improve our roster. That's how they sell it to the fan base. Sure. But when the player leaves, and tries to go get the most money, you're being then selfish. the player is selfish. Yeah. Now you're ruining our team. You don't care about the fans. You never loved us. Yeah. How could you do this to us fans after we've supported whoever, Joe Smo, for X amount of years? But when a team does it, um, it's okay because yeah. they're trying to make the team better. So that's where the loyalty is one-sided from the fans to the, um, to the organization, which is not fair. And the athletes get that, and they're like, well, we're just going to get our money now. You're not going to
0: – We're damned if we do, damned if we don't anyway.
3: Yeah, so hate me, but pay me. Yeah, hate me, but pay me, because
0: I have my own family and things like that to take care of. I also think in terms of that relationship between, it's a little, sort of a little off off topic, but the relationship between the fan and the player has changed over the years. It's much harder to get an autograph from a player. True. Especially without paying for it. And I don't, listen, to me, Adults asking for autographs is a little weird. It's silly, but the players should always <laughs> sign for the kids. Yeah, always without exception. I agree. And a lot of players won't. You know, at training camp they kind of have to sometimes. But all oh, like when I was a kid, Jay, when you were a kid, you'd go to you'd go to a Cleveland Indians game. Yeah. All right, wasn't a lot of people there when you were a kid. No. All right, you could walk up to the first row, stand by the field, and players would sign autographs for you before the I've game. Right? I've got
2: autograph books filled with. Names. I'd go to
0: Shea Stadium, Yankee Stadium, Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. I'd walk up to the front, even if I didn't have good tickets, because sure. I was not usually sitting in the first. row. And the row. ticket
2: taker would let you do let that you during go. batting practice. They'd
0: sign autographs. You could watch batting practice. To me, that was more fun than the game bowl. Now it rarely ever. Way more fun. Yeah, that, was, that was that was amazing.
2: Yeah. If I was going to a game. My dad knew that, okay, if it's, if it's a 1 o'clock game, we've got to leave Sandusky that's at 10. Right. I want to walk in at 11. I yeah. want to watch both teams take BP. That's right. I might want to get Rod Cruz autograph because the twins are in.
0: And it didn't matter how good the player was. No. They'd sign
2: autographs. Yeah, and it, it made a difference. It built a generation of fans. By the way, yeah. the fans that stood in those lines are the hardcore that's right. fans today.
0: That's right, and you, that's, that's part of the reason you've lost fans, right? What was amazing about, I want to say about 15 years ago, I was, I was at Wrigley Field. The Phillies had played the Cubs. And after the game, I get on the L in Chicago. And uh, Jimmy Rollins was on the train with us. And I walked up to him and I chatted. And nobody was talking to him. And I walked up to him and I was chatting with him for a couple minutes. He was very nice. very funny. I'm like, I can't believe you're on the train. What was he doing on the train? He just didn't want to ride the team bus. He wanted to be on the train like a normal person. And I was like, players, he's like, yeah, nobody else will ever do it. I was that's like, interesting. It was amazing. But uh, that's
2: the kind of guy Jimmy is too. I
0: mean, very so down ball. to earth. But it's so rare now. Like, it is. and I don't, and I get. It. Don't get me wrong. I'm not killing players for that. Like, it's dangerous to be a player now. Well, you know, with the but, screens up yeah. now, can you even fit an no, autograph? I don't even. Yeah, ball? you can't. Not a ball. You'd have like a piece of paper, maybe. You could. Yeah. put Yeah, I mean, there's
2: now a, a physical barrier between yeah. the fans. It's unfortunate. And I I hate it. Um, yeah. I'll tell the story quickly because it shows the times that we're in now compared to where we were. Yeah. In, the, in the late, it had to be the early 80s because I think Hargrove was here in 81 as a player. I had an autographed book that had a little gold zipper around it and I would take it to games and I would get players to sign it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I had a pen sticking in the hole where the zipper cl- came to. Mm-hmm. and. I was holding it by the pen, and the book slipped down, and it fell down into the old photo wells, which were next to the dugouts sure, at Old yeah. Municipal Stadium. Yeah. And I saw it, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's gone forever. Yeah. Like, there's no way I can get down there. Mike Hargrove saw it drop, never said anything to me. Yeah. Jumped over the fence, climbed down in the photo well, grabbed it. <laughs> Here you go, kid. Yeah, that's it. And awesome. I've told him that story a couple of times. He goes, yeah, obviously I don't remember that, but yeah. – That's something that I would have done. Right, right, right. Like, I don't know. I'd like to think there are a lot of players that would still do something like that today. There are some, sure. Yeah, I remember um, when when I was lucky enough to have um, seats for the field boxes. Of all the players, and this includes visitors and home, Frankie Lindor was the most fan-friendly player I have ever seen in my life. He would make sure that every young kid that was in that field suite got a ball before the game was over. Yeah. And he would get one on a foul ball or whatever when he was in the on-deck circle, and he'd say, who, who doesn't have one? And he would throw it yeah, to the kid. Yeah, that's cool. And sometimes he would even talk to them while he's in the on-deck circle.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: And guys typically won't do that. Yeah, no. That's yeah, good. Yeah, loyalty is, is definitely one-sided. Yep. It's fan to team. Yep. And I don't think much exists... No, very Anywhere little. Very little. I, I yeah. just, I don't see that it does.
1: Uh, uh, Mike, do you want to do the, the? I can't wait to see this top five. We have Boogie. a very special top five, as we mentioned earlier. It is a sad day here at UCSS because this is Boogie's last appearance in the <coughs> studio with us post USFL season. Boogie's been so a pleasure man. <laughs> Hopefully, you have enjoyed yourself, and we couldn't let Boogie go without a uh, a special top five for Boogie. So you guys all know, on top of being. One of the most dominant defensive tackles in the entire USFL. Boogie is also an actor, a successful actor and an up-and-coming actor in Hollywood. He appeared in a Super Bowl commercial with Rihanna. He played a member of the 1972 Undefeated Dolphins. He's in All-American on Netflix. <laughs> Boogie, am I missing anything else on your IMDb resume?
3: Nope. Sounds, you hit it all.
1: So, the top five that we came up with today are the five roles we want to see Boogie do next.
4: So <laughs> wow, to that's send a great Boogie top five.
1: With the five roles we want to see <laughs> Boogie star in next. And I'm going to let Anthony explain number five because this was his suggestion. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but when he explained it to me, it works. So, I don't want to steal his thunder. Steve, take number five, and Anthony, please explain. So I can't believe Mike has never seen Lilo and Stitch, but Agent Bubbles, <laughs> I could totally believe Booker oh, we love, Beyond, we we love agent, Bubbles. agent
2: hunting down aliens. You know it well, don't you? I have no I, idea what that is. I grew I up on that show.
3: I love Lilo and Stitch. Um, 626, that's my guy. Amazing <laughs> show, and I definitely will be Agent Bubbles. Wow, that's a good one. All
1: right, so Anthony. Good call, you Anthony. On that. Really good call. I guess I have to start watching Lilo and Stitch. That, that's a bad job out of me. This next show and this next show I am familiar with. Boogie, are you an HBO fan? Do you watch a lot of HBO shows?
3: Not too too much, no.
1: All right. Well, Anthony and I put our heads together and we think you would make a phenomenal house leader in House of Dragons.
3: House of Dragons. <laughs> oh I am a, I mean, I am watching Game of Thrones right now. I'm a huge yeah. Game of Thrones fan. I'm on so season four. This is a four. prequel. This is a prequel.
1: Yeah.
3: And the Martyrs are kings of the north right now. So that that's go. a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Oh you my can see God. yourself in that role. Did you yeah. see that little trench thing he had on? I
1: like, I that. like that. That was clean. Yeah. Anthony, we'll send you all these. Gra- Anthony went hard on these. Graphics. Do
3: you have
2: an agent, by the way? Yes. Okay. Make sure your agent gets the clip of you in the locker room. Okay. That shows passion, fire, energy. I'd. L- you could play any uh, defensive or offensive lineman player in an NFL series or movie because you That's certainly yeah. look the part. Yeah. You are. You are that part. Right. And it's not act. You that, I, when I watch that locker room speech, the, the fire and passion comes out. Actors need to have that, yeah. and you have it in spades. All right.
1: so we varied up these roles so we got boogie in a mythical show with dragons we got him in a live-action comedy of lilo and stitch we also thought boogie could play a good bad guy so we thought of all the movies of which boogie could be a great villain and we came down to this a big time star with a cast of other big time stars where boogie could still physically dominate them how about the lead villain in the next Expendables movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would be pretty sweet. That'd be what, a hell of a cast. That what is an amazing stars. cast. That <laughs> yes, is, a, Oh, is. my God.
1: I thought you were going to go, like, Fast and Furious. I, that's something. where I thought he was going, with Fast and I Furious. Because I could see you in Fast and Furious, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah We can f- f- also yeah. see that. Little mm-hmm. little on-the-fly production meeting, Fast and Furious can absolutely see. I'll Boogie be the out.
3: one that take out Dominic Toretto. It won't be no more <laughs> movies here. <laughs> for family.
1: So you're going <laughs> to be the guy that ends the franchise, the longest franchise in the history of Hollywood.
3: For family, yeah, all right.
1: For family. That's family. great line there, Boogie. Okay. Number two, this is my favorite one, I think. There's always a president in a disaster movie. And I think Boogie, with his ability to switch up from happy to sad facial expressions, being the president of the United States in a disaster movie. So the
2: meteor is coming. It's going to take out the U.N. of the world.
1: Accentuate all of Boogie's By the way, best that qualities. that desk
0: looks like it's for a little kid.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're either nine foot six. Or they put you at a elementary it's Boogie <laughs> school desk.
4: I, I'll be honest, I was 15 minutes late today and was rushing to finish some of these. <laughs> Who's gonna be
3: Who's his I don't know president? if I'm saving the world or I'm hitting my button and just going down to my bunker. It, it depends how big the threat is.
4: I don't blame
1: you. But Boogie, what do you safety. think? Before we show you the last one, what do you think of the first four?
3: Amazing. I, I would love to do each of those rows. That president one is funny. And that um, the action one would be amazing. I do want to get into the action world. Uh, I plan on taking some stunt classes when I get home so I can do some stunt fighting and stuff like that. So that perfectly Did you see the
2: Tom Cruise stunt for Mission Impossible, the motorcycle one? No, I haven't. Watch Watch it. It It was like an eight-minute movie just on the stunt.
3: How they did it. It is.
2: They said it's the most dangerous, risky, incredible stunt in the history of Hollywood. And he had to do it six times. He essentially had to ride a motorcycle up a ramp. There's was like 250 you feet didn't have long a stunt guy for that? that was like this wide, and then at the top of it, push the bike and pull a parachute. It's an insane scene. Wow. It's in the new Mission Impossible. All right, number one. Wait, number
1: two you said was your favorite, right? So number two, you'll, you'll understand why in a sec. So number one, and this is what we, we do honest to goodness hope happens here, Boogie. <laughs> we really hope this is your next role in life following your USFL career, following your UCSS career, because it would yeah. be awesome not just for you, Y'all gonna make me but cry. for us here, too. Uh, we hope that Boogie's next role is starting defensive tackle. Yeah. The, yeah. the uh, acting uh, stuff could wait, Boogie. We need you in Cleveland on a full-time basis, making the big bucks in the NFL, coming in on Tuesdays on your off days, giving us the first-hand perspective from the locker room. So those are the five roles we want to see Boogie, Boogie play. <laughs> Cobra Bubbles, a Game of Thrones house leader, the lead villain in The Expendables, the president of the United States in the disaster movie. And most importantly a future defensive tackle for the cleveland Browns. Yeah, i like number one your yeah, largest not, yeah,
3: president well done, well done guys number one will be a, a huge blessing i just want to say um thank you guys so so much um to the ucss fam for welcoming me giving me this opportunity to um show my personality uh, and show that I, I belong here and show that i can do this i know it's a long road ahead of me but this will all you guys will always be the first family that gave me the chance um to show the world and i'm just so grateful and thankful this is a bittersweet moment. Um, This isn't a a goodbye, but more so a see you later. I like that. And we're we're family forever. And um, I'm always a call away if I have to call in or if I'm ever in Cleveland and you guys need me to come by, um, I'm here. I appreciate you guys so, so, so so much more, more than you ever know. And um, just to learn from you guys and watch how you work every day and watch G and watch Bull and the passion you guys have to all these topics and how much you really care about this market. Yeah. it's, it's just a great sight to see. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you, McNuggets. Thank you, everybody in the background. Thank you, guys, always.
2: Well, the pleasure was ours. Yep. Uh, yes. We've enjoyed you immensely. I, I think we have to cap it off with this. Aside from the uh, starting defensive tackle for the Browns, what's the
3: role you most want to play? Man, um, right now how big Marvel is, if I could just for some way get into the Marvel community into the MCU universe, wow. whether it's a villain or a new superhero that they've created – R.O. One from the comic books that that would be amazing.
0: Have you seen it all? Have you watched everything Marvel?
3: No, I'm not even like a Marvel junkie or Marvel oh. Nerd. I just know how those fans like. Yeah, it's huge. They, bl- they bleed, bleed Marvel. So, and if yeah. you get in a Marvel movie, yeah, you're set. Even if it's a side role,
0: you you can be a, a side character for thirty years. There's it, no doubt. You, so there's like small characters yeah. in all those movies. The sky is the limit
2: for yeah. you, whether it's football, Thanks, whether it's acting. Uh, which I think you have a, a broadcast tremendous is what I broadcasting do. Yeah. career ahead of you. That's I really that, do. Yeah. I think that um, you know you're funny, you're smart, you're experienced, you're knowledgeable, and I'm um, I, I not hope afraid that to be we'll critical. S- yeah, you're not afraid to be critical, and yeah. I, I would love to. Um, I would love to turn on a game one day and and hear mm-hmm. the play-by-play guy introduce his color analyst as Boogie Roberts. I would stand up and
1: scream. I got one and say, more thing for Boogie. When. Boogie, if you guys win the championship on Saturday, we need a Selfie video of you celebrating to run on the show Monday. Oh, just a heads up. Like, I don't know if it's chugging champagne. If it's, yeah. well, I don't care what it is. We need some sort of inside the locker room access that no one else could get in the world unless they turn into UCSS on Monday.
3: Good call. Consider it done. That's, yeah. that's good luck. easy.
1: Good luck. Go good get luck, it Good luck, Boogie. Go get it's him, been a brother. pleasure. An awesome Thanks. dude. And this is awesome. not the good last luck, you'll ever
3: see of like Boogie I Roberts. Like I said, this isn't a good bias. Yeah, so we'll see you later. I like
2: that. I like that a lot. Okay, Um, you've got some business to take care of while you do that. We got.